Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Older Adult to Geriatric Nutrition Answers podcast presented to you by LongTermCareRD.com. I'm Michelle Sari, your host and presenter of today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about the reasons that elderly people have weight loss as well as no appetite. This is a really important topic. Um, In the journey of the aging process, poor appetite and unintentional weight loss often emerge as unwelcome companions for many elderly individuals. While it's widely acknowledged that this is inevitable among older adults, I'm here to tell you that this is not, in fact, a normal part of the aging process. The decreased appetite and subsequent unintended weight loss experienced by elderly people, it warrants an investigation into what is the root cause because typically it can signify an underlying medical problem and these need timely nutrition interventions so that it doesn't continue to progress. Now, quality of life is negatively affected when they're going through this, and it's important to ensure that the lack of appetite doesn't lead to sudden weight loss and early mortality. We know, and there is plenty of research behind it, that malnutrition leads to early mortality if it's not dealt with in elderly people. There's a lot of great studies out there, and if you're a part of the longtermcarerd.com email list, you'll be getting research articles sent to you, and this will certainly be one of them. So if you have somebody that has weight loss, no appetite, the first step, look at the real reason behind it. This is going to mean that you're going to be doing a malnutrition assessment. Um, I've got tons of resources on the website about articles and resources that you can use on how to do a nutrition assessment, a full one, and very comprehensive, so I will be sure to link that in the show notes. But appetite loss, we actually medically know it as it's called anorexia of aging. It's common, it's a multifaceted issue, and it actually affects a significant portion of the elderly population. And more often than not, there is an underlying cause that can be treated with nutrition interventions. So as someone ages, we know that their nutritional needs and their dietary habits can undergo various changes. This can lead to appetite changes, and sometimes this can lead to challenges in maintaining proper nutrition for them. It's influenced by physical, psychological, and social factors. So when we get to the root cause, once we figure out what it is, then we can effectively address and manage the issues. So what are some of the effects of appetite loss? It's not an isolated condition. I always talk about this, that a lot of the nutrition issues in the older adult population, it's like dominoes. So where you have one, it's going to have a domino effect on their health. And I've said it time and again, and I'll repeat it for you again. If someone's nutrition is not optimal, none of the other medical interventions are going to work. Or they're going to have to keep stacking on medication and interventions after intervention. But until that nutrition key is figured out, it's all for naught. So as a dietitian, it is so important that we get to the root cause because then the nutrition interventions that we use are going to target that nutrition diagnosis. And that relates back to our PES statements and of course, 
more articles on that already on the website. I will link those in the show notes. And starting next week, there's going to be a new article about nutrition diagnosis examples, which is going to be really helpful for those that are in practice right now. So keep your eye out for that. But the effects of appetite loss, it's usually accompanied by a weight loss. This can be rapid or it can be slow and progressive, but it will lead to mobility issues because without proper nutrition, muscles weaken and strength weakens, and this can decrease somebody's ability to mobilize themselves independently. Uh, We're going to see nutritional deficiencies, social isolation, increased side effects of their chronic diseases, so it may exacerbate the symptoms of them. It can be a real emotional time for family members, so it's not something that's just felt by the individual. It can also be affecting the families. We see a higher mortality rate and we also see early mortality. Like I said, there's a loss of muscle mass and sometimes we can see a body weight below the healthy range. So how do you start evaluating the reasons for appetite loss? So how do we get to that root cause? I will always recommend that a dietitian is at the forefront of evaluating the reasons behind the appetite and weight loss. So a full nutrition assessment is going to be needed in these scenarios, but you can use a mini nutritional assessment, the MNA, which I don't love, but it seems to be a popular tool for some reason. I recommend using the Subjective Global Assessment or the SGA. These can be useful pre-screening tools. They're validated tools to measure malnutrition. Um, And I'm not going to link them in the show notes because I don't really support the use of the MNA. I think it's a pretty, um, I don't know, useless tool, honestly. I know it's validated and people enjoy using it, but it's just not one that I use. So I recommend the SGA if you do, but I more than anything, just recommend that you have an SGA built into your nutrition assessment forms. It's going to save you a step in doing the SGA and doing a nutrition assessment. So try to develop a form or you can get one off of the longtermcarerd.com website. We have an SGA built into our nutrition assessment form, which saves a ton of time, I'll tell you. Um, But it's important that the dietitian looks at all aspects of what could be contributing to the loss of appetite. And then you're gonna come up with a formal nutrition diagnosis and you're gonna propose nutrition interventions that are gonna tackle that root cause because that's always what our nutrition interventions are for. And with a nutrition diagnosis, we all know that you're developing a PES statement from that. And the signs and symptoms and the etiology, that's where your nutrition interventions are going after. So it all flows together. So here are some common areas that a dietitian should be looking at. Number one, medical conditions. An elderly person's health is always going to change. Sometimes the diseases progress faster than others, but you're going to want to check over the list of diagnoses that they may have, as there may be a combination of multiple ones that are getting worse or just one. Um, Perhaps they have a cancer diagnosis. Maybe it was stable for a time, but now it's progressing. And there are also chronic health conditions that impact appetite and weight loss. So these would be kidney failure, thyroid disorders, like I said, cancer diagnosis, cardiovascular disease, chronic pain can really impact someone's intake because it really does affect their quality of life and Parkinson's disease. I always recommend too looking at their lab values. I know that doctors, when lab values come in, they always have to review them, sign off on them that they've reviewed and are addressing anything that's abnormal. 
But look at the white blood cell lab levels. I've always found that useful tool in discovering if there's an infection and hopefully that's obviously caught by the nurse or the doctor. Um, but this might just clue you in that there may be a temporary drop in appetite and overall condition and this can result in weight loss. Typically when the infection clears up though the patient stabilizes and goes back to their regular appetite. This doesn't mean though that they're going to bounce back up to their previous weight. So sometimes the nutrition goal is not to gain weight because in elderly individuals we know that that's a hard goal to get to. So maybe we have a new baseline weight. Another aspect to look at is a recent surgery. So similar to infections, if a patient has a surgery, a hip repair for example, once they recover their intake typically will go back up and stabilize. Recovering from a surgery, you need to increase their protein and calories to aid in that repair. So anticipating an individual's needs post-surgery can really help to prevent issues down the road, meaning you want to put in place nutrition interventions such as protein powder, fortified foods, and higher calorie items to prevent the weight loss before it starts. Also social and family issues. This is a tough one because the issues can't really be dealt with by the dietitian, unfortunately. But there are some issues that I've seen such as a recent death in the family, family isolation, and family conflict that can be contributed to a decrease in appetite. Um, they feel social impacts just like the rest of us. So some of us, when you're going through a stressful family situation, maybe you're not eating quite as much um, because that's how you cope. So ensure that you're touching base with loved ones, reviewing chart notes, talk to the nurses because maybe they know a little bit about the family dynamics that are going on behind the scenes and they can kind of help you clue in. The only way that you can really address this is simply to be there for that individual or put in place some systems that might offer them that social and emotional support. I've worked in many great facilities where there's been a chaplain available or a spiritual care leader um, that can go visit with the resident if they're open to that and can offer them that emotional support. So if you have that in your facility, sometimes it's nice that they can just have someone to talk to and at times that might help to increase their intake because they feel supported. So take a look at that in your facility. Dementia, obviously. It's a progressive disease and it will always continue to get worse over time. The negative impact that it has on nutrition is felt all throughout the diagnosis. You might not notice it as much in the first stages, but as it gets to the later, so moderate to severe dementia, you will definitely see nutrition issues. There's a few different forms of dementia though, and each are going to have their own nutrition issues, but some common issues that can lead to appetite and weight loss are increased pacing, decreased focus at meals, difficulty swallowing, so dysphagia might start to prevent, present itself, decreased ability to manage eating independently. And what we do know though, is that we need to adapt a nutrition care plan to manage the symptoms associated with dementia. So you're always gonna be wanting to keep your eye on the ever-changing effects that dementia is having. Next up is mouth issues. Now I've just put a whole bunch of things into this category, but it can include a variety of things to investigate such as dentures, are they being put in at meals, breakfast, all that kind of stuff. Maybe people are forgetting to put them in and that can obviously really impact someone's ability to eat. Um, maybe their dentures aren't fitting properly anymore and so the discomfort is causing them not to want to eat or the dentures, like I said, they're ill-fitting and that can cause mouth sores from rubbing on their gums. 
They can also get mouth sores from medications and treatments. Maybe they had a recent dental procedure. They can also get dry mouth from certain medications. All of these avenues need to be investigated. So you can work with the doctor and nurses to get them to check if there are mouth issues with a patient because these are all going to contribute to the weight loss. Next up is mental health issues. Mental health can obviously severely impact and debilitate an individual's ability and also their desire to eat. So some of these diagnoses that you'd want to look for would be anxiety, depression, schizophrenia, bipolar. If there's any serious health conditions such as these, a doctor is obviously going to be involved in their care and they will likely be medicating these conditions in order to address the issue. Next up would be medication side effects. A variety of medications really impact the nutritional status of an older adult. If you want a free list of common medications that are used in the elderly and how they impact nutrition, you can take a look in the show notes. I will link a free resource that we have. There are so many though, I'm not gonna get into the list of all of them, but medications really play a factor in an elderly's nutrition status. So those are really important that you know which ones they're on. Those should be included in your nutrition assessment because you're gonna wanna take a look at uh, all the medications that they're on. Next up is altered taste perception. So you've got cancer treatments, you've got dental treatments, and certain medications can cause severe changes to somebody's ability to taste. So like I just said in the previous point, you wanna check, let's say you see a sudden change in their food intake. Check if there's been any new medications or treatments that may have affected their taste bud because that might help you get to a root cause. Next is meal environment. This is almost as important as the actual food that's put on the table. If there's music, a television on, loud people talking, this includes staff members, maybe they don't enjoy who they're sitting with, among many other issues, then the meal environment needs to be changed because these will reduce somebody's desire to eat. I always recommend that at minimum quarterly, but once a month is best, that a dietitian goes around at mealtimes and observes what is the dining room dynamic like and take those issues up with your nurse manager or director of nursing, whatever it may be. It's not that you're trying to nitpick what's going on, but what you're trying to do is you're trying to improve the environment for the residents. So. If you notice that staff are really loudly talking across the room to each other and they're not involving the residents in that discussion, that can be incredibly disruptive to the residents that are eating. So that needs to be put to a stop. There's nothing wrong with having conversations during meals, but when you're just yelling across the room at other staff members about what you did on the weekend, that conversation can be saved for another time. So let's try to reduce that. So do a dining room audit, at least quarterly. Next up, swallowing difficulties and dysphagia. So while dysphagia may not be a direct cause of appetite loss, the more difficulty that someone has while eating, the less likely they are to want to eat if the problem is not addressed. So if you're unsure of what exactly to look for to see if there is swallowing difficulty, look at the mealtime observation screen form that we have in our resources section. That can really clue you into if there's issues going on. And then you're going to want to consult with your speech language pathologist that is hopefully available to you at pretty easy access because they are the swallowing experts. I've talked about that in a previous episode and I really want to emphasize that they are the ones that should be doing a formal swallowing assessment. Okay. 
And last up is not enough activity. Any type of physical activity can work up someone's appetite. Many people have this weird misconception that in a long-term care home, they don't need exercise and nothing could be farther from the truth. They still need exercise and they probably really enjoy it too. It doesn't matter if somebody is in a walker, a wheelchair or mobily they're independent, they can all benefit from some type of modified exercise. So in most facilities, you'll have therapeutic recreation. That's a super great resource for doing physical activity that's modified for the residents. You can have the physiotherapist and the occupational therapist and the rehab aid. They are all amazing resources for people to develop an exercise plan, obviously if the resident wants to participate, but even a few bicep curls or leg lifts can work up an appetite. So work with your team to try to come up with care plans that can help make this a part of their regular life. Because just because we're aging doesn't mean physical activity isn't really important and so enjoyable. So that is all that you should be looking for when you're looking at why somebody might have appetite loss and weight loss. If you want to look at how do we increase appetite, I have some great articles on the website. I'm going to link those in the show notes that can talk about how to address those. But just some quick tips that can improve calorie intake. So like I said, adding some physical activity. Uh, number two, appetite stimulants. There are some prescription medications that anecdotally we do know helps with appetite. Um, I'm not typically the one that's advising these as I like to do a food first approach, add the physical activity, try to get their appetite up, um, giving snacks between meals, giving oral nutritional supplements at MedPass. Those are typically my first route and also giving favorite foods and preferences and stuff like that. So if you want to try talking to the doctor about appetite stimulants as kind of a last resort, perfectly okay. Um, I am not one dietitian that does that, but I'm also not going to disparage something that does work for our, our wonderful elderly population. Um, treating underlying mental health issues, obviously doctors are taking care of that. Making sure that all meals are high in calories, but try to avoid large portions. So start with a smaller portion and then offer seconds after they finish because sometimes if it's just too big of a portion, it can be intimidating and they're just not wanting to do that. Provide a distraction-free eating environment. And of course, treat the underlying condition before expected improvements. Nine, be patient. Appetite takes time to come back. It is a day-by-day -day journey. If it is Alzheimer's disease or dementia, offer finger foods if they don't wanna sit. We have a great list of finger foods on the website. And last, if there's any chewing or swallowing issues, make sure that a speech language pathologist is involved to assess their needs because they will be your number one resource for trying to get somebody on the proper diet that's gonna help them ease their swallowing. So that's all that I have for you today, but I just wanted to touch on, uh, be sure to go to our shop. We have so many great resources. Um, we have a pocket guide for dietitians. If you're prepping for a state survey, I will have an episode coming out on that soon. So be sure to tune in for that. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like and follow the show on your Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to. Share the show with your colleagues or somebody that you might find would benefit from listening to this show. The more you guys share this show, the more it helps with it being more visible to people. And it's obviously a no-cost way for us to be spreading the word on how important older adult nutrition is. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at LongTermCareRD. The website is www.LongTermCareRD.com. In the show description notes, you'll find all the articles that I talked about today. And if you wanted to support, please add yourself to our email subscription list on the website. It is free and I'm sending out weekly newsletters that have new articles, research articles that you should dive into, and more to benefit yourself and increase your knowledge. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again next week.